Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 75th installment of the Godfathers of Podcasting. You know we've been podcasting since before podcasting was even called podcasting. And in case you didn't know, it's because we started this shit way back in 1996. My boy and I, we started doing this before any of you even knew what the hell we were doing. We didn't even know what we're doing, but we're still here doing it because you asked us to. So here we are. Thanks for joining us. We are live. If you're listening to an archive of this show, it's on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. You may want to consider in the future joining us for a live show. It's fun. You can interact with us. Watch us fuck up before we get a chance to edit. You can text us 437-375-2000. Ask us questions. Send questions to tonight's guest. Whatever you want. Now, when you're on our website, godfathersofpodcasting.com, make sure you pick up some merchandise because, you know, we need the money. If you've never hung out with us before, where you been? My name is Donnie Silva, and it is my extreme pleasure to introduce the Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One of the show, <laughs> Notorious D.I.D. Chris Tidwell, like your bro, Daddy-O. Yes, sir. It's funny, man, because you you know your hip hop, and I think most people would never have pegged you for a for a hip hop man. <laughs> you know, oh, he gets pegged quite a bit. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I realize that now. <laughs> he gets pegged as a lot of things, like usually a narc, um, right. n- uh, never a good person. Um, I was never no, the I mean, guy that got pegged as a narc. No, I no, mean no. he. You could definitely like peg him out of a lineup. Easily, yeah, for sure. Like Don't you'd be like, no, it was he's, definitely he's mad was easy definitely to pay him. Yeah, 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 for sure, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yeah, How are you? On, uh, in case you've been living under a rock, uh, that intro I sort of teased the first thing I want to talk about, which was versus blowing up the internet on Sunday night mm-hmm. with the much anticipated and uh, much viewed battle. And I use the term yeah. battle loosely, um, but the concert that happened with Big yeah. Daddy Kane and KRS-One, um, I was watching it. I know, Dan, you were watching it simultaneously. We were messaging each other mm-hmm. back and forth while the thing was on. Tid, did you catch it? No, I did not. Okay. That's fine. Um, <laughs> 
He doesn't like hip hop. It's okay. That's um, okay. That's, I miss that every. Is not a, that is not a true statement at all. <laughs> no, you know no. that that's not a true statement. Um, I, I pegged uh, you for Takashi's. I, I prefer <laughs> and and see and see that's where that's where you were wrong. Um, <laughs> while you were watching uh, with your friend Peggy, I just figured <laughs> that I was watching sports um, that night, right. and I prefer to enjoy both of those artists at their prime. And I feel that like I'm going to see one of them, if not both of them, like a little less than their prime. You know what I you mean? Know what, and though, so bro? it doesn't. It doesn't. It's it's hard for me to get there yet. It's actually kind of interesting that you say that because, you know, it's not without um, reason to think that, you know, they're past their prime. They're both in their 50s. 100%. But that's what made this so amazing, bro, is they both of them haven't lost a thing. They're both as dope as they've ever been. And uh, everybody who knows me knows that Kane is my idol. Uh, he is literally the reason I started to rap the way that I started to rap. When I won that contest on Electric Circus as a 13-year-old, it was basically me doing a Big Daddy Kane impression right on down to the cameo haircut. Um, that being said, Karis one has been a, a huge fan of his since forever also. Uh, their live performance is plenty of energy, plenty of mic control, crowd control, breath control, and they're still able to do everything that I've ever seen them do since they came out in the 80s so it was fantastic from that standpoint um i will say this though because there's been plenty of arguing going on on social media for the past yeah. uh, couple of days and uh it's who won because just so you know the verses set up tid is they don't announce a winner it's truly left to the public right it's left to the it's internet the it's court left of to public media. opinion it's all the court of public opinion there's no ref there's no judges it doesn't work that way do you it's feel just, there should be like they call it verses. Shouldn't they kind of raise a hand at the end? You know why? Because you said it earlier. You said you used the term battle loosely. Kane and KRS made made it a point, as did all the versus opponents, to make it a point that hip hop is the winner tonight. They're boys, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had Red Man versus Med Method Man. We've had Raekwon versus Ghostface Killer. Nobody who battles each other doesn't already have a strong relationship with their opponent. So no one's actually trying to go at each other in a disrespectful way. But of course, the fans are very um, opinionated in terms of like who they're going to side with. So I like that the court of public opinion happens to be the judges because that's been hip hop as long as there's been hip hop. We will continually argue about who our favorites are. And my Dude. favorite, of course, is Big Daddy Kane. And I have to say on this night, Tid, and, and you know what? It is on YouTube for you to watch whenever you feel like it. It'll be there forever, which is amazing. So if you haven't watched it, listeners and viewers, go check out Big Daddy Kane versus Karis One. And you will see two men in their 50s show you how it's done. Why I felt Big Daddy Kane got the job done is because all of his lyrics were clear. His performance was off the hook, whereas... KRS-One relied on the popularity of his songs to get over. He kind of did a piece of the bar and let the crowd do the rest. Another piece and he let the crowd do the rest. It sounded to me like he was winded early. It sounded to me, and he was, he was KRS-One in classic form was doing his yelling and bullying. You know what I mean? Like That's I'm number gimmick. one. And he's, you know, he's very, very energetic. Kane was cool and calm and ripped the lyrics the way they needed to be ripped so that they could be audible, so that you could tell this is how spit game works. It's something that I pride myself on. I'm able to perform everything that I write and record in the studio. And I'm not saying that KRS-One can't. He can, but he chose not to. And to me, you had this kind of 
broken staccato way of performing lyrics that unless you're a super fan of the song, you're not getting a full performance. And I thought Kane outshined him in that way. And also Kane is, Kane is just a better lyricist and he has way more punches and, and wordplay and patterns to spit out there. So he'd be the artist with the excuse to take more breaths and he didn't, Kane reigns supreme. I, I, think that's where the, I think that's where the argument comes in, though, is like, who's mm -hmm. the better lyricist, right, between the two? And there's that, that you're going to have a lot of people that argue that, like, KRS-One is the dude. No, so, mm -hmm. like, is he, a, is he just a straight-up studio dude? You know what I mean? No, KRS-One is well-known yeah. for 100%. Yeah. So at the same time, he's like, Very yo, well this, he knows this is not some like judge thing. It's in the, it's in the eye yes. of the public opinion. Mm -hmm. So why not make the public just get go on balls his out side. with the energy? Yeah, and, and let's you're right. do this. Make it a party. If I can get you and you're going to tell your friends, yes. you get them and everybody, blah, blah, blah. It's a party. And if no, I, don't, I don't, you're right. And I you're will right. say this. I think there's a difference between the average hip hop head who grew up listening to these guys and what their perception of the winner is Absolutely. versus someone who actually is a lyricist right. who, who understands the importance of breath control and being able to spit, you know, line after line, after line, after line mm -hmm. and not get winded. And I'm yes. telling you from all my experience in hip hop, uh, like I think big daddy. Oh, you thought I was talking about you. No, no, no. I'm talking about me. Like, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying Big Daddy. From, from my experience in hip hop, right. I think Big Daddy Kane was fucking amazing. But that's not to take anything away from Keras one. No, um, see, I can never vote for legends. anybody. I can never vote for anybody who uses that name, though. <laughs> Donnie just ruined it. Yeah, me. no, right? <laughs> I haven't used that shit in 10 years. Go fuck yourself. Um, so it was fun for all, though. If you're a it was a lot fan, of fun. It was, so yeah. it was really, uh, really dope. At the end of the show, Kane revealed they're going to be doing this again on yeah. tour, Beautiful. going all over the world, doing it night after night. See, now that's night. proper. And I, See, can tell Tid, you, I knew Tid would jump yeah. on. See, yeah. now you're thinking. Now, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I can tell you with all sincerity that outside of The Roots, who I will have to put in my top three, Kane and KRS round out the top three hip-hop performers, live performers that I've ever seen. So you're not right. going to get a better stage show than the ones that they put on. Guys like Busta, there's other guys up there without a doubt. But these two going on tour together, that is that is a can't-miss thing for anyone who loves Before we switch gears, I got to say this. Hanging out anytime, and this is mostly like pre-COVID because it hasn't happened in a minute, but in the olden days when I used to hang out with Dan and all of the members of his crew, the Mighty Monolith, one of the most entertaining things ever is sitting around while everyone's got drinks in their hand, arguing about who the best of all time is. Oh, yeah. These arguments never stop. They, never, they never change. Nobody wants to consider what anyone else has to say. Everyone's already made up their mind. Oh yeah. So Savannah. I'm curious, Dan, I'm mm. curious what the live wow. chat was like during KRS one versus big daddy Kane amongst mm. your crew. Yeah. Uh, split. And a lot, yeah, of, I figured, a, a I lot figured. of shit talking from a lot of dudes. There's some guys who are automatically Kane, like my boy Nish. He's Kane all right, day. Right, Nish rocks. Another uh, lyricist. Big time. Charisma, even before the uh, the battle, was like KRS is going to squash Kane. So, you know, right. the, the argument started way before the verses. It was way, it was like leading up. Well, that would make it. sense. Charisma would say that. He's a producer that makes beats. And you could argue KRS-One had better beats. 
There's listen. There are valid, and to Tid's point too, there are valid arguments for either argument. Most of the arguments, to again, to Tid's point, was KRS was made for this. He is a performer. Mm -hmm. He works mm -hmm. with his audience, right? He's yeah. He, so he did just that, right? There's you don't take anything away from him. It really comes down to preference because if you're really going to be unbiased and truthful, neither guy really outperformed the other. It's just what did you like better you of like? their performances? Yeah. And I am that guy who's, a, you know, the lyricist guy who's like, I love hearing the flows. I love, I love, you know what I'm saying? Like Kane was a dancer, you know, when he had Scoob Lover and Scrap Lover back in the day and he would dance as part of some of his songs. I mean, Scrap Lover even made an appearance at the end. So there wasn't dancing per se, but they brought out people. There was B-Boys involved in this from both sides. B-Boys came out, the, the legendary Crazy Legs performed. Mm. And they also had feature performances. So either of them brought out legends. They had Nice and Smooth for Pimpin' Ain't Easy, Craig G and Master Ace for Symphony. Meanwhile, Karis brought out Das Effects, Mad Lion, Channel right. Lion. So dude, it was a celebration awesome. of hip hop. It's just, yeah. who'd you like better based on preference? Because no one destroyed anyone. If you're The next time honest. someone tells me Drake is the greatest of all time, I just want them oh, to go dude. watch this i will go and watch i'll be watching this battle a dozen times by the time the year is over it was uh, such a joy for me man speaking of battles there is one raging in philadelphia and mm. i wonder if versus might make a dollar <laughs> off this oh, <laughs> let's wow. for those of you that are not clear on what's been going on we have talked about this story a little bit over the last i don't know few episodes Ben Simmons, uh, multiple-time All-Star, reigning Defensive Player of the Year in the NBA, uh, has had decided he didn't want to go back to work because he sucked last year in the playoffs, like to an epic level. He was garbage, and his teammates were not shy about saying he sucked, yeah. and that hurt his feelings, and he didn't want to come back anymore. And he had said, "I'm not coming back." And then the team said, "Oh, you don't want to report to work." your first pay of the season of eight and a half million dollars, you're not getting it. And every time you don't show up, we're going to fine you whatever it was like almost a right. million dollars for every right. day. He didn't come to work. Wow. Finally, he was like, okay, I'm coming to work. Yeah. That's a fine to listen to. Right. So he showed up to work for the first time yesterday. Well, he reported four or five days ago, but he had mm. to clear quarantine. He went to practice for the first time yesterday and <laughs> Let's take a look at this. This is yesterday at Philadelphia 76ers practice. All right. That's, for those of you that don't know, that's Ben Simmons, six foot eleven, wearing gray sweatpants. First of all, let's just notice he's the only guy in sweatpants. Right. And for those that can't tell, his iPhone is in his right pocket. <laughs> is this a wow. guy who's ready to practice in a, in a professional game? He's literally walking through the drills. Yeah. He couldn't give a fuck right now wow. he's walking through the drills his iphone is in his pocket now he's off to the side just casually dribbling doing some in and out just keeping not busy a, not in it now now he's literally just daydreaming thinking about the last time he got skull <gasps> like he's doing nothing right now just holding a ball he's he's posing for his statue that's what he's doing and now this is really interesting at the mm. end of the, at the end of practice, very typical thing. The team comes together, all hands in, right? Right. All hands in. All right. You know, together on three, one, two, three together. Some shit like that. Right. Yeah. There's Joel Embiid, the team superstar. They're all in there. Where's Simmons though? Where, where's he at? He wasn't in the huddle, but if you look in the background, 
you'll see him walking to the exit while right. everyone else is still getting up more shots. He's like, peace, I'm out of here. Mm. Um, today, he showed up to practice. Mm -hmm. And within the first few minutes, head coach Doc Rivers said, uh, Ben, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. Ben said, no. Ben, I want you to do that. I don't want to. Right. Ben, I'm going to ask you one more time. Do the drill. No. Okay, Ben, get the fuck out. So this man had to treat Ben Simmons like a mouthy 15-year-old and kick his ass out of practice. At an NBA practice, he had to kick the man out for disciplinary reasons for not wanting to engage and be a professional. Simmons has now been suspended. Right. For mm -hmm. one game, which with his salary is going to come out to close to a million dollars. Wow. And he's going to sit at home for the, for the home opener. And this is not a repairable situation mm -mm, at all. No, no. You know, just after say. practice, um, reporters spoke to Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid was very clear in saying since Simmons arrived in Philadelphia, like four or five days ago, they have not spoken at wow. all. He also said, I don't care about that guy anymore. I got nothing to say. He's like, I'm here trying to make the team better, not babysit. Yeah, the, my obvious prediction is he will not play a game in a 76, 76ers uniform again. I, can't, I don't see it. But who does he play for? Who wants he to might, take on? Who wants to take on that kind of trouble? Like I'm you got to have a lot injury of real faith, soon, like a hamstring. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean. It, you haven't even spoken to your teammates or like the star of your team in five days. I mean, it goes without saying, you don't even have to know sports to know how important team chemistry is, you know, and, and like, as you see, you saw there at the end of practice, you know, like a unification between the team, you know, right. Normal uh, you shit. know that kind of stuff. Just, 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 you know, he, the, you could tell the body language, regardless and, of the sweatpants and the phone. It's like, he's not, he's not there. He's not no, really and, there. And, so and for those for those that don't know, Donnie, give everybody a very quick, quick backstory as to why, why is Simmons acting this way? Well, like I said, uh, it has to do with last year in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia was the number one team in the NBA last year. Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought this is finally their year to go mm -hmm. all the way and, and win, in the, in, win the, the whole damn thing. Once again, they're eliminated early in the playoffs. And part of the reason that they were eliminated by the Atlanta Hawks, who most people did yeah, not think had a chance. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons they were eliminated was because Ben Simmons did nothing. He literally, I think he attempted four shots in the fourth quarter through the entire series, not through a game, through the entire series and didn't make one. Whoa. And he had something like, I forget what it was, like 10% or 15% was his free throw percentage. Like he just, he literally, it's not even he like people go, out, oh, man. people go, he can't shoot. It's not even that he can't shoot. He doesn't want to shoot. And there are so reports, do you, so do you there just are reports coming out. Well, there are do reports you bench coming him for out. his contract. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
I don't think he can because then yeah. his his value on a trade is already low mm -hmm. because yeah. of all this perception. Mm -hmm. They want to shop him, so they need him to play and play well um, to show teams he can he can bounce back from this mentally. But, but how, there was how talk. Much there's talk that's come out in the last few days from Philadelphia 76ers teammates that last year in the playoffs in game seven, Ben did everything in his power to try and get out of the game. He didn't want to play at all. There was too much pressure for him. He didn't How do you put do him it. on the court? Like I understand you need to have his trade value be worth something, but you're, 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 you're throwing the season away. Like that team it's chemistry, tough, man, you can't it's have tough. him on the court. And, and think about this too, just to put this in perspective, Ben Simmons has, for those of you who think, oh, well, just wait it out. He's got four more years yeah, on his contract. Yeah, it's a big contract. 32 million this year, 34 next year, 36 the year after. Yeah, that's In 2025, insane. he's getting $39 million a year. Are there any clauses, bro, in, in these NBA contracts well, that, that touch upon this, like, He's it's a great straight. question. It is in the CBA. It's in the collective bargaining agreement that players need to show up and right. actually fucking try. It's in the CBA. Don't they even have like speak to the media clauses in your contract and everything? They do, but there's yeah. also like there's there's limitations within that, right? Sure, like, so but there's, that's there's part of your job. Sure, it's considered part of the job, but right. there are clauses in the CBA that say you need to show up and you need to try. Yeah. Right. Not just try to try. You need to try. Mm -hmm. And Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is actually weighing in on this now. Like, wow. You know, saying we're not, sh this is not an easy situation to fix, you know? And because, like, even if a team said, yeah, we'll take a chance on Ben Simmons, now you got to match salary. Yeah. You got to come up with $40 million right. in pieces to send yeah. the other way. Yeah. And to make things more complicated, Philadelphia is saying, we don't want your junk. Of course not. We want a star. We yeah. want multiple first round picks. Yeah. And then we want some bench pieces. Like, so it, like, uh, <laughs> a team would have to bank on the fact that Ben Simmons is just so disgruntled with Philadelphia that a trade would bring him back to life, like give him that new spark that, you know, some athletes need when they are, you know, put on a new team but that's a huge gamble there's you don't know if he's teams. coming over yeah, with that same attitude or not yeah. who's that really happened to not a lot of dudes out there you know mm -hmm. what i mean so who's willing to take that gamble on a guy who's basically having a hissy fit if yeah. i was if i was the 76ers what i would do right now is and i'm being dead serious i would i would yeah. deem him uh i would put him on the injured list and deem him unfit to play. And I would have him spend the next month, two months with a sports psychologist. Right. And work on his mental health. Right. Because clearly bro is not there. Yeah. Like I, I know part of it is he's getting really bad advice from Rich Paul and Clutch Sports because those money grubbing fucks have guided him poorly. I know that's part of it, mm. but I also think there's some mental health issues. When a guy says, I don't, when a competitor, a pro yeah. athlete says, I yeah. don't want to play in game seven. Yeah, for sure. There's some mental health issues. It's, going it's on really there. sad. And they that... shouldn't be mocked. They should be no. addressed. Yeah. But Philadelphia, as you know, Tid, is the wrong city to try and get over your shit. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have what's called a Michael Myers clause <laughs> in, in Philadelphia, right? It's where, like, if you do not show up, if you do not show up and perform in the month of October, you might get stabbed. <laughs> I, you know, I've said it before. If there's one guy you can peg as the king of king segways. Of, the king of pegways.
It's notorious TID Chris Tidwell. That's right. Mike Myers. Have you seen the new Halloween? Michael Myers. Not to be confused with Austin Powers now. (laughs) Right. It's Michael. Right. Michael Myers. Or as, as he was often referred to in the original, the shape. Yeah. The shape. Well, just in the credits. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, referred to as such. Right. Um, but yo, shape. let me let me ask you this. No, first of all, have you have you seen the new film? But do you also like that this whole new uh, series only takes off the first movie and completely doesn't even think about the rest? Well, I mean, even okay, the one with, with Laurie Strode in them. Oh, okay, because I was like, what are they supposed to think of? Like the the resurrection one, like the one with Busta in it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yes, I did see the new one. Okay. Um, so, like, here's so Pat. My... By the way, Camp Camp uh, Crystal Lake. I want to let you know that I, I've noticed. Um. So, here's what I noticed about the new one. Mm-hmm. Is it it leads off? If you saw the last one, it leads yeah. off like a little bit of backstory, and then jumps in right to where um, the house is on fire. Okay. And the fire department oh, shows yes. up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he comes walking out of this burning house. Yeah. And the only thing burnt on him is the side of his mask. Nothing right. with the, with the, you know, the jumpsuit that he's wearing or whatever. And then he just, you know, kills off all of these firemen. Um, Spoiler. I Come love on. the he fact kills ah, he kills people. Oh, thanks um, for telling me. A lot that I love the fact that they bring back the, the old school, really gory, the the mm. shock, blood stuff. Mm. Um, I like the fact that it's filmed the way that it's filmed uh, mm. in a more modern way. Mm. But the dialogue that they had for this did not change one bit. Mm. Um, it was eighties corny. It was one hundred sixties corny. One hundred percent. Right. So I mean. Well, as the original was born in a Halloween, right? Yeah, it, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah, yeah. it. It had it had serious it, things like you know, a lot of stuff to the neck, a ton <laughs> of stuff to the neck, a lot of neck. You know what I mean? Uh, and even scenes. some even some comedy kills. At one point, okay. you know, Michael goes all John Wick on some people. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? It's 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 it's. If they want pretty, it to be true to Halloween, though, it. then nobody dies. Like nobody bleeds. You well, know. Here's the thing. And the original Halloween, point, there was no blood. Yeah. At the at, at one point, um, there was. The big thing is evil dies tonight. You mm-hmm. know, the mob is after after Michael on this one. The mob mm-hmm. being headed up um um by uh what's anthony michael hall who plays um uh what's his name the young kid uh, i'm drawing a blank right now it's going to come to me in a second um tommy doyle plays okay. tommy doyle young tommy doyle from the beginning all grown up here's the other thing how come nobody in haddonfield two things number one how come these people after 40 some years number one still live there <laughs> Yeah. And number two, fucking celebrate Halloween. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Well, number one, property values were point. down. Dude, property couldn't you get, could out get of a hell of a house. Well, and this is proven because people are living in the house now. And the people living in the house is played by, do you guys remember uh, Stuart 
from Mad TV. Oh, so yeah. Look at what I can do. Look, yep. Yep. 100%. <laughs> He's one wow. of the dudes living in the house. So, I mean, it's it hits all the buttons on the, the way a movie like this. McDonald's. Should, uh, Michael, yeah. Michael, Michael, Michael McDonald. McDonald. Michael McDonald. Yeah. That's right. Something um, in that range. Uh, it's a must see, though. It's Halloween. 100%. You know, like, you, you got no, to watch Halloween. You have Obviously, to. Obviously. Obviously, I'm I'm alluding to the fact that I've always been more of a Jason fan. Are you? We all, as Friday I mean, thirteenth. I'm a play. Tid, Tid has more <clears throat> Friday the Thirteenth memorabilia in his basement than probably is anybody. that right? Well, I wanted to ask because I see the dope hat, man. Like, how far does this fandom go back? Is this like, are you serious, um, serious hat? You're seriously oh, putting I, over his hat over this silicone fucking head that's sitting next to me. Yo, I've it, seen that. I haven't seen the Camp Crystal Lake hat before. That's it. Because his is subtle. His, th- those kind of hats are like, you got to really know the series to understand right? the significance yeah. of the cap. You know what I, I mean? Got, I got a head sitting here. And you <laughs> I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a Jason skull tattooed on my kneecap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that okay, that's on, commitment. On, on Friday the 13th. No that's less. when you got it? Years ago, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of and I got a lot of yeah I got a lot of I got a lot of like um yeah a lot of like you would have enjoyed the little uh, routine in Kane's um performance the other day with DJ Scratch when he Mm -hmm. says Friday the thirteenth I'ma play Jason and he does the whole cutting back and forth of that puts on the mask real cool he's done it a ton of times but it's always fun to see. Dope. So is that coming back? Because Halloween's been rebooted. To my knowledge, they are scheduling a third one. I don't know if it's going to go beyond that. After yeah, this. there's definitely set up. There's definitely set up as usual. You know what I mean? You can tell that they signed on when they did yeah. the first one. Um, you can tell that they signed on for two more. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's, is Jason it's, coming back? To your knowledge, you're the fan. So you, I got to ask you. <sighs> What are you doing with that series? Nothing? I haven't, no, uh, I haven't heard anything on that Tid one. wants Jason I heard, back, folks. Yeah, I heard, you know, at least bring the series back or whatever. They did mm. bring back Candyman. There's rumor that they're going to be yeah. bringing back a, a Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Uh, reboot as well. I Candyman yet. No, I haven't seen that one. I did watch number one and number two. Uh, Is that your genre? The, like Halloween aside? Are you like... Look horror? at him. Yeah. Yeah, horror movies. Him. Yeah, horror movies are are fantastic, especially like yeah, you know, proper ones, bad ones. Seriously, I'm right. shit. Your genre. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. pegged him as a horror fan now, right? Like, <laughs> I kind of did have him pegged as as a horror fan. fan. Well, I appreciate I appreciate that. Today, I think we're going to use the name Notorious Peg. <laughs> <laughs> proper, <laughs> right? Proper, and you will be Peggy O. Peggy, who will be Peggy to Silva? Oh my god! Right? <laughs> this is what yeah. happens when a really stupid off-air joke just leaks <laughs> into the show for the entire show. Hey, Everyone's man. like, "What's going on? What you want?" I'm just gonna, I'm Dude, just gonna say, our- I'm just gonna say, one member of this cast asked us today if we had ever heard the term pegging, and what? and the other two members of the show were shocked that the first person had never heard this term before. <laughs> I can't believe that we haven't called ourselves the Godfathers of Pegcast <laughs> or the Pegfathers, the Pegfathers of Podcasting. Yeah, yeah. The Pegfathers of Podcasting. That's it. There it yeah. is, ladies and gentlemen. It's official. Change the let's, merchandise. Let's see that artwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's get some, some fan art going. The Pegfathers. Oh, I like that picture behind Dan with you know Muhammad Ali standing over the top hmm. there. That is pretty dope. Wearing that is all time. 
that is a look of a man who is about to get pegged looking up, <laughs> looking up at another man who why can is... i never turn the right way when i'm on this camera i never anyway you gotta know your left and, and your right yeah um, he didn't <laughs> yeah. by the way sonny listen we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week and our <laughs> guest seems weed. to our guest seems to be a little bit delayed joining us, so I want to take a minute now. And we just got a text message about this at 437-375-2000 um, asking us uh, what our thoughts were on the uh, big boxing fight that happened last week, mm. not this past weekend, but the week before, mm. uh, Fury and Wilder. Tid, you're the combat sports guru. What were your thoughts on that? I was probably the greatest heavyweight fight uh, mm. I have seen in a number of years. The fact that it went 11 rounds the way that it did, five knockdowns throughout, was a feat nonetheless. Everybody thought that this was going to be a little bit of different fight, and it was a lot of bit of different fight. Mm. Um, Fury came out boxing, absolutely, but Wilder came out and took the fight to to fury no doubt about it he lost no step he lost no you know respect whatsoever the mm. fact that he went as long as he did um i think he should have been awarded a 10 count not just a wave off like that it's a championship mm. fight it's the 11th round it, you gave like you you've done this before but you know it is what it is would would that have changed the outcome i don't know mm. you know but um I think that it's it was warranted for him, in my opinion. Um, if there was a but, point of controversy, it was probably the fact that when Fury got knocked down, a lot right. of people feel the count was super, yeah. super slow. Sure. Mm. Not Dave nearly Hebner. as slow as that first fight. That first fight, with the count is actually still going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I can see what people were, you know, this was like some... Uh, uh, yeah, this was some some very very slow counting on that behalf, and and not nearly as slow for Wilder. But Wilder took some shots, man. Wilder, like Wilder, yeah. got outboxed. There is no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. You know. So it leads to the question: like, where do you go from here mm -hmm. um, as as the heavyweight division? Because everyone wants to see Anthony four. Joshua. Well, I mean, is there a point but, for a part four? Wilder's got no belts, and right. for all intents and purposes, Fury has beat him three times. You mm. know, there's the rest of a heavyweight division out there. Usyk and Joshua are tied up, right? Because mm. Joshua is going to have his rematch clause with Usyk. I think Usyk, um, you know, beats him again. There's no doubt about it. Mm. You've got uh, Angie Ruiz is going to be fighting probably um, Chris Ariola again, uh, and I think that. Dillian White is probably available. So, you know, these are the heavyweights that you have in that division right now. I don't know what you do with Fury and Wilder right now. You know what I mean? Wilder if you're really. Fury, to... do you think about hanging them up? Like he cleaned no. out the division. No, no, no. You know why? You mm. know why? There's still heavyweight belts out there. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, he's already the, the lineal champ. Here's right? The, right. But here's the thing. Like you got, you got, you know, you got Usyk who just beat Anthony Joshua. There was the fight that people were talking about where you wanted to do Fury and Joshua. That's not going to happen anytime soon because Joshua lost to Usyk cleanly, but he's going to impose his rematch clause. So that's going to stretch that down the line. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So 
Um, would I want to see Usyk, who's basically in, this is his third heavyweight fight, um, uh, and he's a cruiserweight moving up to heavyweight, go up against a dude who walks around at you know at two seventy seven. In his last fight, he was 277 in his last fight. Of course, you hang on the back of somebody's neck like that, man, that is heavy, heavy weight. So it's going to it's gonna take a lot to beat a dude like Tyson Fury because he's a really good boxer, too. He is a he's really gotta good He's got to be, man, because that guy yeah. does not go to the gym. He does. Uh, he, he actually just has a does. Yeah, he, he actually does. does. If you look at him over the years, man, Dan's he, not attracted look, to him, is what he said. Yeah, no, he not, went. Not my type. He's more of a wilder man. Legit. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 just odd to see. I don't know. How about this? Um, there was another point in this text message we received. What did you guys think of the unbelievable WWE style entrances? complete with big e the wwe right. champion bigging yeah. up both fighters and then the pageantry the wrestlemania style pageantry yeah. as they both came out my it created thing, go ahead i was gonna say my only thing was thinking back to wilder's last fight when he blamed his outfit Armor. for the yeah. loss yeah um so i was it like was there better heavy. be better be no excuses this time but the production value was very like very very high quality not like boxing at all it was definitely much more like pro wrestling production in terms of the way that they mm -hmm. put this thing together um but really well done um hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool that boxing's doing that, right? Like, even the UFC doesn't have that type of buzz on their entrances but they don't need it because their fighters have become characters that they've developed them to the point where their fan base knows who those guys are yeah but i think there's never going to be a time when a dope entrance isn't fun right? for I mean, sure the, right. the energy the anticipation the hype that comes with whatever the music is pyro etc yeah, there's a it place created, for that in all those combat sports in my It opinion. created new fans. And I know this sure. for a fact because the group I was watching with has like professional wrestlers who are like, eh, boxing, whatever. Yeah. Guys that are on TV and they were like by the end of the fight, they were like, Holy shit, they're I'm feeling a boxing it. fan. One feeling it. Hundred percent. Well, you know who else is a boxing fan? Take that, King of Segways, is our next guest, ladies and gentlemen. 
It is time right now for the big hello. This week's guest, he is a funny-ass Puerto Rican. He originally hails from the Bronx in New York City. He's a producer, a writer, an editor, a director, an actor, and he's a hell of a comic. As a kid, he always wanted to be a filmmaker. In the third grade, he rewrote Goldilocks and the Three Bears with an urban slant. In the seventh grade, he bought a Super 8 camera from a teacher that stole that shit from the school board, and he got it for 50 bucks. He then cast his entire family and friends in his own remake of King Kong, putting himself in the title role with mom's fur coat and a rubber mask. He was a huge fan of the sweet science as i just mentioned he had dreams of winning golden gloves and becoming a boxing champ he could have been a contender but instead he became a cop and that's probably a whole podcast all by itself in 2004 he directed his first feature film el matador despite the barely there budget of fifteen thousand dollars it went on to win three awards at the la chicano film festival since that time he's gone on to earn more than 40 credits as a producer director and writer you most likely saw him in the original latin kings of comedy where he teamed up with latino superstar stars like george lopez chich marin alex raimundo and paul rodriguez he's also performed during wartime for the u.s armed forces in bosnia kosovo kuwait and iraq and done so many comedy specials he has a powerful new short film called beautiful violence that just won four awards at one festival best producer best cinematographer best actor and best editing it's the best ladies and gentlemen he once dated a hood rat succeeded where wiley e coyote failed and killed a road runner and as said before he's not a racist he has a black car. Let's give it up for Ray de la Comedia, Joey Medina. Yeah. Thank you. Thank. You. That was the best intro I have ever had in my life. I mean, thank you. Wow. That is you know why the, he does the show. It's the only award he will ever get. Yeah, ever. His best yeah. intro. Best giver. intros. That's it. That's all That's I'm going it. for. You That's know what all. it is. You know what it is. Is it's really his way of getting back at us because he spouts out all of these great things about our guest, yeah. and we just sit here and take them like just getting <laughs> like balls to the face for like a minute and a half right. of him being going. Yeah, look at what you losers have never done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if I had to introduce these guys, it's just like this is Chris and this is Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hey, Joey, how you doing? Tremendous. Good, man. How you guys doing? Dude, thanks so much for taking time out. Um, Fans of this show, hardcore fans of this show, will remember a few months back, uh, we had great comic and a good personal friend of yours, Russell Peters, on the show, and you just happened to be chilling at his place, Mm -hmm. and Russell was sitting there and might have been half asleep and he said here talk to joey medina <laughs> and all of a sudden we were doing a, a a 30 second interview with joey medina where he told us his his you know best story of of when he bombed on stage which i yes. always love those stories oh yeah um, but thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight man how's it going good man thanks for asking me to be on uh i, I had fun la- last time we, you know and, and just hanging out listening to you and russell talk you guys are funny and you guys were really knowledgeable you know it's funny it's like um, we've all done po- podcasts and done interviews or whatever, and you can tell when people do homework or not, and it doesn't matter to me too much, but it's like when they have zero clue or you're like, dude, really? Like I, I did, know. I was, I did a show in Hawaii, right? I did a show in Hawaii and I did a morning interview with 
with two Hawaiian guys. I don't know, it was Shekel and Jekyll or some bullshit. Like I don't know who it was. <laughs> but like they thought they were like they thought they were like really, really awesome, right? And they had they did no homework. They didn't even they barely knew my name. They didn't know oh, I'm like, man. really, man? And the funny thing is when I did that interview, I had a morning show in LA. Mm. So I'm like, dude, wow. I'm in the number two market. Like, don't and they were acting like, oh, oh yeah, we're we're we don't know. You don't care about you. We're the sh- we're the hot mm-hmm. shit here in Hawaii. I'm like, dude, nobody. <laughs> come on, right? Morning, you don't even morning zoo in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Imagine <laughs> yeah. th- those guys oh, were horrible. God. They were, and I'm not just saying that because I don't like them. They were horrible. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the funny thing. Like we call ourselves the Godfathers of podcasting, and the whole reason for that, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show tonight, for any new fans out there, is Chris and I we hosted like one of the very first ever online radio shows way back in 1996. But we've all worked in real terrestrial radio. We've all done real broadcasting. Dan has been a hip hop artist his whole life. All of us, like we're not like a lot of those podcasts out there where they just turn on a microphone one day. It's like, hello, welcome to our show. We're joined this week by Joe Medina. It's Um, like that SNL skit. What is it you're you're famous for, Joe? Yeah. (laughs) Tell us when you got into comedy. Yeah. Tell, tell us I about hate. tell us about your career. <laughs> yeah, what can, the, people, the, what can people expect? Yeah, all yeah. the cliche questions. Where do you see we, yourself in five years? Or, or here's my favorite: When's your uh, new film coming out? But it's been out for two weeks. <laughs> you know, because you know, to Donnie's point, I've been on both sides of the mic myself within the world of hip hop, especially. And we, we, you know, our fans know we've done a podcast before, but you know. I have done a lot of interviews like when we, when I was doing print media back in the 90s and stuff and interviewing artists. So like listening to the album before you talk to them about the album was just something that I was it's like automatic. So when I'm on the other side of the mic, I feel you, Joey. It's like people will be asking me about because I've gotten that. It's like, so when's the record coming out? It's like last month, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like no, I need but the it, new one, new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, I've gotten that. It's hilarious yeah, yeah. you say that. I've actually gotten that. Like, no, I mean the next one. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I'll let you know when I start working on <laughs> like it. So you won't years, buy that asshole. one either. And you so, got, you yeah. got it. And you, and again, forgive me for being a little late. I was, um, I, it's okay. I had my alarm, my, my, uh, I put the alarm on. I'm reading a script. One, I hate reading scripts. I even oh, my yeah. own scripts. I hate reading scripts really? because I, I'm like, I just, I hate reading, period. I've always hated reading. I don't, but like you can reading. read. Yeah, I can read, but I don't like using that that skill, right? So, um, so, uh, so a friend of mine who I always he's a big producer, and I always give him my scripts to read. So he asked me to read a script that he possibly wants me to direct. Said so he asked me this two weeks ago, and he he hit me up last night. Hey man, uh, how's the script? I'm like, oh shit, dude. Okay, I'll get to you by tomorrow. So all day I've been reading the script, but it's taking me forever because I'll read like five pages and do something else. I'll read five pages. Do I just I have I have ADD, so it's really hard for me to read okay. script. Ted, what should he take for ADD? Uh, well, I mean, probably a solid, a Redmond? solid indica. <laughs> I was going to say, Doctor Ted, what do you prescribe? Yeah, I always uh, prescribe indica. One hundred percent. That's just going to put him to sleep. And some, and some good tequila. Some solid one hundred percent agave tequila. None of that cheap ass college frat shit. You know what I mean? Like some some classy, some you know azul. Joey. Some, like, some I actually good have shit. some in the fridge. I'll I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Point. It'll help. 
Go ahead, I'm Dan. curious. I'm curious to know, as a writer, like you hate reading mm -hmm. scripts, but do you feel the same way about writing them, or is that a different feeling and process for you? Because as a writer, not a script writer, but as a writer myself, I find like sometimes there's this trepidation I have before I start. Like, God, can I do this again? Have I lost my touch? And then I sort of get into this flow. Is is that part of it? How do you feel yeah. the difference is for you? Yeah, it's 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 a little bit. Of, it's different and the same. I hate mm -hmm. doing both. Okay. And um. But I, you're in I, the right career. <laughs> but but the, the good part about writing is is the creativity of it. It's yeah. you're you're the god. You whatever world you create, you're making that world. Yeah. And um and and I I, I consider myself a pretty good writer, but I hate writing. It's just because it's tedious and I hate sitting down and I hate mm. doing this. But I also when I write, it's almost like I'm I'm reading a script for the first time because Every writer is different, but when I write as a character, I write as that character, and I really sometimes don't even know what's coming out. Like in my brain, I know what direction I want to go to, but I don't know what the lines are going to be. Like mm -hmm. I, I wrote a script right before COVID. It's about a, a transgender uh, drag queen that takes place in the 80s who, who wants to kill herself and, and all this stuff. Wow. But there's a big scene where there's a, there's a really good scene where um, – she's she's actually auditioning but the lines are really close to her real life so like everyone in the casting office is just staring like like they can't believe this performance and tears are coming down her eyes and as i'm writing this like i'm hearing the words i'm seeing the words for the first time ever and and i'm crying and i was in i was i was in my office at the time when i was working at a game show where i was producing and writing on a game show and people in the office are looking at me. They're going, "You okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is just so sad, man. <laughs> it's so sad. I'm crying because it's the first time wow. I'm hearing these words, and it's like, you know." So, it, so I like that aspect of writing. Yeah. I just hate the tediousness of like I'm I'm writing right now. I think I even mentioned it to you guys last time. A wet bacula, and mm, um, yeah, and this is going to be no shit. And I I never I don't pat myself in the back. I actually I I never really do, but. This is going to be so fucking funny. It is beyond. It is. It is the film that people say, "Oh, you can't make that kind of movie anymore." That's wow. the kind of film this is. This is I, my blade. Like this is my history okay. of the world. This is. This is all of that shit, and it's going to be. Uh, it's. It's. it's Joey Medina's Citizen hand, Kane, but it's going to be good. Huh? <laughs> I heard. I heard that they're actually signed on to do a history of the world part two. Two. Yes. Yes. Ooh, Mel Brooks right? is writing it. Oh my uh, god! If we don't get. If we don't get Jews in space. <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies ever one of my favorite movies so ever. good i think will yeah, shatner was just in space last weekend mm -hmm. yeah they <laughs> um so joey i gotta ask you this man because in prepping for this interview um i i dug up some nuggets about you that i did not even know and i've been a fan of your comedy for a long time um i didn't know you were a cop yeah how does a kid from the Bronx who dreams about being a film director and has a funny bone and is beating the shit out of guys in a gym because you're thinking about maybe like, you know, maybe maybe the fight game's my way out of the hood. Like, how how does this kid become a cop? And how are you not still a cop when you hate <laughs> reading and writing? <laughs> and, no, and, no, oh, oh, and I'll rewind a little bit. You actually got some of the boxing part wrong. I actually oh. was a world contender, and oh. I was the Arizona lightweight champion, and I fought for the super NBA featherweight title. 
Look so, at this fucking guy. It's a little, it's a little, little, little tweak there. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but uh, okay, the cop stuff. The cop stuff happened. What had happened was, um, <laughs> I, I literally, I was, I was, uh, I lost the NB, I, I when I fought for the NBF title, I lost, and I got robbed out. And so I was having lunch with a good friend of mine who was a cop. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to box anymore. I'm kind of just out of it done. I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I asked him, I go, tell me about your job being a cop. And he was telling me, but I'm like, ah, all right, I'm going to do that. So um, wow. I ended up becoming a cop after that. And uh, it was fun, man. And the, I didn't, I didn't, there was a lot of parts about being a cop. I didn't like, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in the Bronx. I'm, I'm more of a street person than anything. And, um, and I wasn't like a, I didn't have a cop mentality. You know, so I was I was the kind of person that literally when I broke up a party after I got done with work, I would go back to see if the party was still going on and I would go to the party. <laughs> I, was, I was I was wow. I was, you know, my mid 20s. I, I you know, I'm like, I'm having a good time. But um, but I, I was an undercover cop for a long time. And um, most of the time I was a cop. I was an undercover cop. And that was really fun. And that was uh, that was like 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 in the movies, just like you've seen the movies, you know, and it was uh, it was a. Uh, it was fun doing that because I was pretty much on my own. I did my own thing, whatever I wanted. Did you always I, have to play a Latino when you were another? Yeah, Republican? unfortunately. What that's my eyes are kind of squinting, so sometimes I played the Chinese guy, but it's you not know. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, could they give you a Hawaiian role at least? You know? <laughs> were you involved in anything? I mean, as an undercover cop, anytime I hear that, I think, okay, this is dangerous. Or is there a particular type of uh, oh, yeah. case Sorry. you're involved in that you can speak on? Before you answer that, whoa, look at this. Boy, that was good looking back then. Look at this guy. Not anymore. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? Hair I had. <laughs> Holy shit. And that, that, that looks like a. Man. Now I know what kind of parties you were going to. That looks like a weightlift belt. That's a championship belt? It, yeah, it looks, it does look like, I, that's probably what they made it from. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have two belts now. I have that and another one that's you custom have it? made. Yeah. That's Holy amazing. shit. That is, that is amazing. All right. Yeah. So. No, I'm just super curious what danger you were in or is there a case? Uh, just can... a bunch of different things. I One time I was pulled into a Burger King bathroom and had guns put on me to see that had a, a a wire, you know, wearing a wire. Yeah. Um, I've had, uh, let's see, I've, yeah, I've all kinds of stuff. I, I thought I was going to be killed one time at a bar. So I smashed this crystal ashtray in someone's face <laughs> and I had to oh, leave. I've been all kinds of things because I was pretty much on alone. I was by myself, right. you know, so I had a, you know, but it's a lot of training. I had a lot of training. I did all kinds of classes on, you know, how to do sneaky shit. And how to how to how to live that kind of life and and stuff. Plus, just you know, being young and from from the Bronx, I guess, kind of what made things you know work for me. Now, and it, it was and it turned out real well. It was, it was a great job. And then you know, be, being a, I got into a relationship with my second ex-wife, and um, she was like, I don't want you to be a cop no more. I, I never see mm -hmm. you. So that kind of that ended that that, okay. that scenario. Wow, um, you gave it up for pussy. <laughs> the things we do now, now he's dying to be a cop again this, right. <laughs> um so i'm i'm curious though because and i i feel like this question might be a little bit on the nose and it's a little bit obvious but let me throw it out there um being a latino man who was on the force the 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 conversation for years now especially in the united states we're 
Tid's American, but we're based up in, up in, in the Toronto area. Um, the conversation, especially in the United States for the last few years now, I mean, longer than that, but certainly in the media, it's been prominent is racist cops and, you know, what's it like within the police force and even people of color who are on the force having a hard time and being coerced into shit that they don't want to do. Did you ever witness anything like that, that you were uncomfortable with that made you say, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, yeah, I, um, I think being a cop or having a gun and a badge just makes you more of what you are, mm. you know? So if you're an asshole, you're going to be a bigger asshole. If you're a good person, you're actually going to do probably good things. You know, mm -hmm. if, uh, if you're racist, now we're, I don't want to say we're all racist a little bit, but we all do racist jokes. We all have racist humor. We all have, but it's. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's sometimes it's, it's poisonous. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's cancerous and that's mm -hmm. when it's real racism, you know, when it's real, um, you know, I this this movie I'm writing, Wet Bacula, there's so much racism and it, it's ridiculous, but it it's not real. It's ridiculous. It's all, right. I, 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 right. But then when people when people really feel that way, that that's a different story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, you see it. Yeah, I remember one time um, we were back in the day, but when I was a cop, we, when we took pictures of suspects or subjects or whatever we want to call them at the time, we you know we, we used Polaroids. We didn't have any right. phones back then, right? So they took a picture of this this one black suspect, and it came out. It, it, the, the, the picture didn't come out. It was all black. And he goes, oh, he must have closed his eyes. And all the other cops were laughing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's kind of a douche. Like, right. They didn't even say it like a joke. They said right. it like they really meant it. And right. that kind of bothered me. I'm right. like, fucking assholes, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, and the thing is this. is like, I, I still believe the cops are heroes. And I believe that cops are good people. The majority of them, I still believe that. Um, but but the thing is, when when you have a bad cop who has who has all that power and has all that, you know, has that badge, it's uh, it, it does bad things, you know, and mm. it's, uh, you know, it's like it's like that Spider-Man thing. Right. With great power comes responsibility. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like that. So mm -hmm. but when I was a cop, you know, I I'm, I'm sure I was probably a jerk sometimes when I was in a bad mood, you know, but. Mm. I, I would have never done some of the things I see, you know, in the news sometimes with some of these other cops doing some of these things. It was like yeah. you know, shooting somebody on arm, shooting somebody running away. Yeah, man. It's just it's it's bad. It's it's bad training. If at the at the very least, it's bad training. Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's um, and you, they got to be held responsible. We've been seeing yeah, the, so the shortage of training is ridiculous. I mean, I, mm -hmm. we were trying to get. Um, for the last little while now, we keep playing uh, uh, inbox tag. We've been trying to get Henner Gracie on the show, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, practitioner oh, yeah, yeah. and member of the famed Gracie family. Obviously, his yeah, yeah. his uh, family member, Hoist Gracie, was a legend in the UFC. Henner Gracie um, goes out and works with a lot of police departments across the U.S., teaching them um, Gracie jiu-jitsu so that they learn non-lethal tactics to restrain and, you know, 
control a situation. Right. But he explains all the time, like the, the number of hours that these police departments allot to training, it basically breaks down to like one hour per year, you know, yeah, and, it's, not and, enough. No, and it's insane. Like no. you can't teach someone jujitsu in one hour a year. No. <laughs> like these guys study mm -hmm. it their whole life. And it's not like the old days. You know what I mean? Like the old days you could go in, bust something up or get involved in something. And it was way different. Now, now officers have to deal with people that are going to gyms and are learning how to fight and are learning how to defend themselves. So they're up against an entirely new element of human out there. And it's, it's, it's nuts. I can't. Yeah, but it's, but it's really the ex escalation of force. Like, so for instance, yes, like, like Chris, you look like a big dude, right? I can't tell from, you know, just from the, but just, you look my, like big just my head. He ain't yeah. small. <laughs> so the thing is, this, if you were a cop, right, and you were handling somebody, let's say, roughly your size, you could probably handle him physically. Now, if the cop was, let's say, uh, uh, you know, a Dan five size, foot, five foot, yeah, five <laughs> foot, you know, ninety-five pound uh, old, you know, a ninety-five pound girl. Sure. And if she used her gun, she would be more justified by using that gun than you would be. Right, and that's, and that's the thing that, like, cops, the ones that we see in the news anyway, not all cops, obviously, the ones just the ones that we see in the news, the ones that are getting into trouble, they go right for that gun. They, right. they try nothing else. They try right. nothing else. But and see, it's that's but that's where I jump in and say, look, and I and I know because I am, you know, I'm a I'm a European male. I'm gonna catch heat for this statement. I don't really give a fuck. This is where I sort of draw a line when it comes to things like affirmative action. If you can't do the job, then don't take the job. If you're someone that has to re re resort right. to a gun right. in order to bring peace to a situation because you're not physically strong enough, big enough, yeah. tough enough, you're not well-trained enough, go do something else. Go mm -hmm. read Joey's scripts because like, this is not the gig for you. And yeah. that's not to say, oh, you're so sexist, Poppy. No, fuck off. It's just a matter of you got to be able to do the job. Yeah. You know, and that's it. But anyway, um, tell us about this uh, this new film, man, because this sounds yeah. unbelievable. I watched the trailer and I'm like, I speaking I of violence. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful violence. <laughs> King of the Segway, Chris Tidwell. Good job. Yeah, it's a uh, it's. Well, what had happened was um, mm -hmm. during during uh, right before COVID, I wanted to shoot um, Philly Delight, which was the script I was telling you about that I was crying when I was uh, writing. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened and quarantine happened. And obviously that went you know out the window because I, there, there was too many actors, too many moving parts and locations. And I couldn't. There's no way I can shoot that during quarantine. So I sat down. I'm like, OK, I could probably try to maybe I could shoot some write something that with two characters in one location. You know, but I want it to be interesting. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I remembered something that I went through where um, this was many, many years ago. I was, I don't know, maybe 15 years, 10 years ago. No, 15 years ago, maybe. I was in a really dark place where I wasn't thinking about committing suicide, but I was window shopping it. You oh, know, wow. I was uh, okay. I was thinking I was kind of like, hmm, yeah, if I did this, this would all stop. And, you know, I was like, so. Suicidal ideations, as the therapist yes. says. Oh well, okay, yeah, that's definitely it. And um, so I uh, 
I remember I had life insurance and I thought to myself, well, I can't kill myself because my family won't get life insurance. Mm. So um, I, I was pumping gas one day and I, I was in the hood somewhere. I don't remember where I was. I'm pumping gas. And I saw either like gangbangers or drug dealers or something. And I remember thinking, if I went over there and fuck with those guys, they'll kill me. And my family get the life insurance. But then I go, wait, they don't got a gun. And they'll just beat the shit out of me. Like I, so I was just trying to, I was thinking of all these scenarios as I'm pumping gas. And then, you know, they get my, I finished pumping gas and I was like, nah, never mind. And I would just, you know, it's kind of just thought, creativity, creative thoughts. So I drove off and that was it. I never thought about that again until COVID for some weird reason. Hmm. So I decided to write that story and I wrote the story about uh, a businessman, a white businessman who, who decide who finds out he's terminally ill and um, he's going, he's going to die for sure. But his, but, but his life insurance pays double if he's killed in a homicide. Wow. So he decides to hire somebody to kill him. The person doesn't show up. So he's, He's he wants he's determined to get killed that night. So he's driving around LA, looking around what to you know. He's driving, driving for hours, and then he finally drives by an alley and sees a drug deal going on. And uh, he walks into the alley. He sees the drug dealers now by himself, and the drug dealers this black guy. And you know, drug dealers like, what do you, you know? What, what hey, can I help you? What are you looking? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the guy just calls him the N word. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, fuck you, you fucking nigger. He's like, what you say? You heard me. And he f- before you know it, the drug dealer just beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And he's punk- the guy, he, he ends up hitting his head on a pipe. He's bleeding all over the place. The, the, the drug dealer broke both his hands. He's now slumped next to him. And the guy's like, shoot me, shoot me. He's like, what are you talking about? You think I got a gun just because I'm black? He's, he's like, you know, he goes, I want to die. And then he, so he tells him, he, he explains the whole story to this drug dealer. And he shows him a picture of his wife. And his wife is black. His kids are black. He's not racist at all. He's just, he just. Man, we some, don't need to watch it now. Yeah, he pulls something out I'm of his ass. I'm dying to watch it. Yeah, I'm dying to watch it. Don't give us, give oh, it to okay, us. Okay, okay. So anyway, yeah. So I'll stop it there. Joey <laughs> could never work for Marvel. No, he, <laughs> the trick. And then, and then, get this. He's his dad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I say this. I say this. I say this. For real. I say this out of extreme respect, Joey, because this is a hell of a synopsis, and I'm dying to see how it turns out. I don't want you to ruin it for me. That sounds Dan, amazing. You know I'll, I'll send Dan's you guys. You didn't get to audition. Yeah, I'll send you guys. I'll I'm send the, you, the, Donnie, I'll send you because I got your number. I'll send you a link to the to the film, and then you could just send it to everybody else. Yeah, amazing. man. I'm, I'm, we're I'm, gonna have I'm, a party. We's... We're gonna watch this thing. That that's an incredible <laughs> synopsis, and it is pretty yes. amazing that it comes from like real life feelings that you had at one point and and way to way to put it down man thanks man yeah it was that and it sounds was, it amazing was, it was fun to shoot we shot it like in six hours you know it was um sick yeah Holy shit. is this hours. another fifteen thousand dollar budget no this was a believe it or not it was a thousand dollars i shot it for i put another thousand though in post and i've probably spent i don't know how many thousands in film festivals <laughs> and then but this thing is winning awards yeah, yeah this thing is getting you this is getting awards. you how many sorry 22 good for that's you that's unbelievable man. man and it starts with the writing no matter how much you hate it man i can tell that what you, you put a lot into the writing because you're twisting and turning me as i'm even listening to it and intriguing mm-hmm. me to want to watch it and i think especially in today's day and age when we have Unfortunately, it's always been like this, but especially I would argue over the past four or five years with the racial tension and the consistent, you know, 
back and forth between, you know, simple requests for equality, the police brutality and murders that you spoke of. It's extremely timely and necessary for a message, not just the story, but for a message to come out like the one that you just gave us. Um, looking forward to that. And I congratulate you, man, not just on all the awards, but for having put together something like that, man. It sounds incredible. Yeah, I I love I love writing things that make people feel, you know, it's like mm -hmm. as a comedian, people expect me to do comedy all the time. And I like comedy because I love making people laugh. But it's comedy is easy, I think, for me. Hmm. And it's 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 just it's 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 like candy, you know what I mean? I like I, I it's it's just sugar. It's just sure. it's ha ha ha, I have a good time and I moved on. Yeah. But I like people I like writing things like there's a you know, I've 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 got so many other dramas that I've written and, and other stuff that I shot where I want people to think about it, you know, mm. where I want people to go, Oh shit, man, that was pretty deep. Yeah. And it makes you and I like things that make you that have more than one message. And you know it's funny. Every I have, I've, I've got like four nice reviews on, on the film, and they all spot different stuff, yeah. and I like it because sometimes I'm like, yes, exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking, and and mm. they found it and they saw it, like the ending that you know some people like it, some people don't, but there was one review that that, that was perfect. They, he said there was a perfect ending. It happened exactly the way it should have happened, Sick. and. You know, and I listen to people like, you know, when I, when I do anything, when it's when it's a rough cut, I let people look at it and I hear people's words. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that if more than one person brings something up, I take a better look at it and I either right. rework it or try to make it so so you can, you know. But that's, like the instance, sign, that's the sign of a person that has a creative mind, but is also open to. Yeah improvement For right because sure. a lot of creatives it's like this is my vision if you don't get it go fuck yourself if right. you can actually take feedback because i think that's the difference with creatives between the ones that are really talented and the ones who make it right is right. being able to take that special something you have and actually be coachable yeah, because I mean, at the bottom, you know, at the bottom, at the end of the day, you just want the project to be the best it could be, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter who idea it was or who, who, who you know. I, and I, I'm really big. I love giving credit for, um, for good ideas that even happen on set. I did a horror movie one time called Missing, and there's a scene where, where, the killer, you know, puts his finger on the girl's lips that he's torturing, and he goes shh. But the scene before that, or a couple scenes before that, he chopped off her fingers, right? And one of the PAs said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if you if he did that with her finger?" Her, her I'm like, finger. Oh, fuck, that's dope. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do that. And it turned out really creepy. And I'm like, Amazing. I love it. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't my idea. It was somebody else's. But I love that. It was the best idea. It was a better idea. Right. Um, Joey, we're right up against the clock, but I got We had a whole bunch of messages come in from our audience live right now um, oh, cool. on our text number. This there was a couple of people that sent in the same question. I'm just going to throw it out there, and and I think I already know where to go with this. There's a few different people asking the same question a different way. How does a guy who's known for dirty comedy make such intense, dramatic films? And to me, it reminds me of Vince Gilligan, who did Breaking Bad, when he talks about the best comics are able to portray drama better than anyone else, you know? And yeah. I, I guess you relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's it. It's because it's, and I also think comedians are, could, are capable of being some of the best dramatic actors because, because it's, it's not comedy we're doing. We're, we're doing real emotions. Right. And you know, the thing is this, and to answer that question though, more specifically is, is I just think that we, as 
comedians, we have a valve in our in our brain that we can open up and let things out. Mm-hmm. And and what you see us do on a stage is all comedy. We're letting comedy out. We're letting sometimes there's a message behind the comedy, right? Mm-hmm. But when we're doing something else, whether it's painting, whether it's uh, writing, whether it's directing or creating or sculpting, we still we open up that valve and we do something else. But it's all we're doing is we 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 know how to express ourselves well. And at least I speak for myself. I know how to I know how when I have a good idea in my head, I'm like, okay, I want to I want this to go out. And I'm not the best at it. You know, there's there's so many other people that are that I admire that I look at. I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I could write like that or I wish I could direct like that. I wish I could, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese. I take his master class. I'm, I'm watching all these things. I'm I'm learning things. For, I learned things from Ron Howard's master class. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. You know, and, and you, I just put their sauce with my sauce and I, I try to make it special sauce. Right. <laughs> so, nice. so it's like and that's kind of what it is. It's just um, I think we just know we're comedians are more open to expressing themselves in many different ways. I love right. that. Joey, Amazing. listen, normally on this show, um, when we have a great guest, we still tend to wait six, seven, eight, maybe a year, you know, six, seven, eight months, maybe a year before we invite that person back because, you know, we like to mix it up. We right. want to have you back on real soon, man. Cause I feel like we could talk to you for just an hour solid and let's do this again. We're, we're definitely going to watch we're going to watch that movie. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to watch that movie and then we're going to sit here and we're going to critique it, the shit out of it. <laughs> Please do. And I'm okay. Like, I, I, my feelings will get hurt. Like, I'll, like, my thing is, if somebody says something, if I agree with it, I go, yeah, okay, they were right about that. You know, uh, or if not, I go, no, and this is why. But, right. You know, I love that. That's Listen, awesome. dude. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Unfortunately, we are up against the clock and we got to say goodnight, but thank you so much. Sorry to all the people who are texting in wanting to ask Joey questions. We will have him on again real soon. Yes, yes. Or ask me on Instagram and I'll answer. There you <laughs> yeah, go. There you go. At Joey Medina comic. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Yeah, man. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. Thank I'll you. send that. I'll send that to you guys. Let me know. Yes, what you please. Think. Much please do. Sounds there good. it goes, Thanks, ladies guys. and gentlemen. That is Joey Medina, class act. We are up against the clock. Parting shots, gentlemen. Parting thoughts. Well, I'm a huge fan of comedy, and I'm a huge fan of horror as well, Tid. And I've often believed that, like Danny McBride's behind uh, the the new Halloween films, right? Didn't, wouldn't he have something to do oh, with it? I didn't it? realize that. Yeah, yes. he did. And, and I find that you're fucking my, out. My favorite comics. A lot of the funniest shit they talk about comes from pain. If you go back to old Richard Pryor, even Martin Lawrence's stuff, they, some some very tragic stuff that went on in their lives, they they make us laugh about. So you have to be in touch with you know like some very oh, serious things to laugh about them. And so obviously you can portray that other side too. So I'm not that surprised. Anyways, shouts to Joey Medina for for doing the show, and I'm looking forward to seeing Beautiful Violence, man. It's, it sounds really dope. If you look at if you look at what uh, Adam Sandler did with what was it cutting right. gems? Good example. You know what I mean? Like the the right. seriousness uncut of gems, it. You yeah. were or uncut gems. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. You, the seriousness and how great it was. You were like, Amazing. wow. I never knew. Yeah. But that's it. There's a side. There's a side to it. And these comedians that are able to go out there and get in touch with that and act that out, it's fantastic. Very cool, like, man. You know Looking what I mean? Forward to yeah. watching that. I never pegged you for a fan of Adam Sandler, but that's where we are. (laughs) And 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 that's the difference difference between you and I. 
only you have ever been pegged. <laughs> yeah. We that's not true. <laughs> stutter, stutter, da 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 what? One thousand percent lie. Or as the kids say, cap. Uh, we got to go, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 75 in the books on behalf of Notorious TID, Chris Tidwell, who's going to be hosting the Beautiful Violence Watch Party. I just nominated him. And your bro, Danny O. My name is Donnie De Silva, and we will see you next time. Chowda. Peace, y'all.